This is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics and how it affects you. I am looking at the world's economics, trying to interpret them, and more importantly, wondering where they are going and what they are going to do to us in particular. So this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them, and occasionally my opinions. I want this to be an educational show for you, so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy it, and welcome. It is Sunday, July 18th, and this is The Economy Guy coming your way again. I have six segments for you today. A little different. Normally it's five, right? Well, what they're going to be is, first I'm going to give you some tidbits. There's some fun items there just to lighten things up because it's going to be a heavy day. Uh, second, I'm going to review the markets as usual. Not No big surprises in the markets, but uh, changes and things to be aware of. Third, I am going to... There's a new thing. I'm going to have an inspirational sec session, uh, a quick quickie on something that inspired me. I thought it might be useful to you, too, today. Fourth, I'm going to talk about the story, CPI. It's going to be a short one. You've been watching it. You've been hearing about it. The Consumer Price Index was another record high, near record. And uh, that is the, the story. The fifth section is... A fireside chat. I'm just going to talk about inflation. I'm going to talk about what does it mean. I'm going to talk about what's who's saying what about it that's important to people to listen to and what's not. I This is the uh, where I want you to think for yourself, and I'll just talk. And sixth but not least, I'm going to talk about the uh, six precursors to a uh, market crash which uh, every day gets a little closer. So with that, let's get on with the... And on to the first segment, tidbits. Oh, how much fun is that? I have four tidbits here for you. Let's take one with money in it. They're always fun. Did you know that uh, if you look at the, the amount of cash that the U.S. public has in the bank, and you project where it should be, and you see what's happened during the COVID, you can easily, easily come to the conclusion that the U.S. households have an extra $100 billion in the bank right now. That's what the U.S. population has. In other words, they took that, uh, some of that money, our lack of spending, whatever happened during COVID, and they saved it. That's uh, interesting. And you can say, hey, uh, that's just government money coming your way. And a lot of it is just government coming your way. But remember, $100 billion compared to the trillions of dollars that the government spent means that uh, the trickle down didn't trickle too far down. It trickled somewhere else. So not it's follow the numbers. Numbers don't lie too much. Liars figure. Figures don't lie. Okay, uh, that's a fun one. Let's see. Uh, how about... Ah, let's talk about beer. I like beer. You like beer? Everybody likes beer? Everybody likes beer. Well, my wife doesn't like beer too much. Okay. Well, if you look at all the nations in the world, which nation 
drinks the most beer regularly. Regularly means daily. How often do people drink? What nation is it? What do you think? What do you think? Think about that for a second. Think it's the United States? We're big beer drinkers. We like to drink. But there's a lot of other ones out there. And no, we are not the biggest beer drinker. We are not. Well, the biggest beer drinker is Spain, where 52% of the people drink beer daily. 52%. Italy, shortly behind it, with 49%. I mean, you think of Spain and Italy, they both have wines. I think of those countries as wine countries, but actually they're beer countries. Holy camoly, that's a real education. Well, let's compare it to the gold standard United States, where those guys are around 50%. We're at 32%. Third, a third of the people. That's a lot of beer, incidentally. Uh, don't be fooled about that. Germany is down at 34%, where we know it's a beer-drinking company country. So that's about the same as the United States. So, And there, everybody falls behind all that. And there's a few in between. You know, that Switzerland's the same as the United States as for beer. Huh. Kind of a little interesting tidbit, don't you think? You betcha. Okay. Let's get to a serious tidbit story. Cuba. There are demonstrations, daily demonstrations going on, anti-government demonstrations. People are tired of being living under communism. They're tired of not having anything, not having good health care, not having anything to buy, no food. And, 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 and. I mean, they're living... And they, had, uh, they used to have the Internet there so they could see what the rest of the world had. They realized they did not have it. Uh, another... Cuba's a great example of a failed communist state. So... Uh, people rioted, uh, the government cracked down on them, stopped the rioting. And here's a fun thing. Did you know that the Cubans turned off the Wi-Fi in Cuba? Now think of that. Just think, I'll stop, step back a second here now. If a third world country can turn off the Wi-Fi in their country, couldn't that happen anywhere? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Think about the ramification of that. I mean, uh, the world runs on the Wi-Fi, right? What if it's turned off? So it's possible to turn it off. Don't question that. It is not a given thing like water or electricity or sewers, which also can be turned off. Yeah. So uh, the president's being encouraged to uh, get involved and uh, to float some high-level balloons over Cuba and turn on the Wi-Fi with those balloons. Really? I mean, that's serious. I mean, that seems like Rue Goldberg stuff. But yeah, that's what he's been encouraged to do. Who knows what he will do? Uh, what's the serious part of this? The serious part of that is what if the president decides he would want to invade Cuba, free the people, be a hero? That's not very likely, is it? No, nah, it isn't. I mean, that's just not our way of uh, doing. But you never know. I it, Anything's possible in this world, and it's tempting if you're president because you would go down as the president that freed Cuba. That's a, a quite a good thing to do, and that's better than a lot of the other ways of becoming president. So it's possible, but it's unlikely. But what would happen if the president did that? Uh, here's what would happen. It would be a clear signal to China to take a Taiwan. If we can take Cuba here, they can take Taiwan. And I think it would go clickety-clack, just like that one after the other. Very, very dangerous thought. Very dangerous thought. I thought I'd just put it out there because uh, I'm the only one who has ever thought of that yet, I think. But who knows what'll come up in the press. 
Okay, let's enter on a lighter note. How about COVID? We have the sure way to kill COVID. It's done. It's over. Korea has come out with it. Korea has put out a new rule. It is a new rule. It's going to stop COVID. Yes, it is. And here it is. In their gyms, where COVID spreads deadly across the gym, you cannot play music faster than 120 beats per minute. It has to be slower than 120 beats per minute. If it's faster than 100 beats per minute, you will be fined. So if it's slow music, 120, incidentally, 120 is a fast beat. That's a beat every second, two beats every second. Okay, every half second, there's a beat. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, think of that. Okay, um, so that's it. That is the Korean law. They have come up with the final, the ultimate solution for COVID. I'm so proud of them. Well, that's it for the tidbits. I hope you enjoyed those. Let's get on with the next section. And on to segment number two. Let's review the markets. Okay, how about the Dow 30? Ended up 34,688. That's about down 200 points for the week. It's a very interesting to watch what happened during the week. Uh, and this is a great lesson in round numbers. You know, the next big round number on the Dow is 35,000. And the Dow went right up to it, kissed it, and came away from it. So it got to 34,995 or something. I think it did not go through it. Bounced off of it. If enough people think that it's hard to get through round numbers like that, they will start selling. And that's exactly what happened to the Dow. Uh, if it's meant to go through it, it will come up and test it again. Maybe not make it, but maybe go through it. It keeps testing it until it goes through it, and then that's good. So learn the rule about uh, round numbers. It's a technical analysis, not a fundamental analysis at all. Okay, how about the 10-year Treasury bond? 1.30. It was 1.356 before. That's down. This is a deflationary sign. When interest rates go down, that says the uh, it's an indication that the economy is not healthy. But we know that the economy is very healthy. We live in a very strong economy in the United States. So this is a conflicting indicator. And uh, it can go down for a lot of reasons. I mean, the obvious reason is more people are buying bonds than selling bonds. Buying bonds and make the price go up makes the interest rate go down. So what's going on and why are they buying bonds? Well, it could be because they're fearful of the future. You buy bonds if you think of the, there's deflation in the future. Or if you just need yield, uh, who knows? I mean, to read the psychology of people. U.S. dollar, 118.08 came down from 118.31 against the euro. So that, that number comes down, it means that uh, the dollar strengthens slightly, a little stronger dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what? That's uh, sideways. The, the uh, exchange rates have been going sideways, all of them, for many months now. This is There's no change in that sideways movement. Oil, 71.45, down from 74.60, so that's down three bucks, big deal. That means that the Middle East uh, proponents who pump oil have come to an agreement on how much they're going to pump, and, uh, and that had brought the price back down because there's a civility in the market, but it's still more than 70. That tells me it's still in, a little bit inflationary, and it's not good. Will it come down more? Mm -hmm. Possibly. I don't think so, personally, but we'll see. 
we'll see. Who cares? Uh, it's uh, it's only if it goes way down or it goes way up to start to really affect us. But it certainly is inflationary now. It's adding adding things to inflation, which is the story for today, incidentally. Gold, the fifth measure that I follow, is was 1813, up from 1809. It's up four bucks. It was up all the way to 1830, 1835. Came back down again. Uh, this is a very strong indication for gold. It continues to go up every week after week. It's staying above the 1800, a round number. And uh, and that's good. I'd say, I still say gold is a, a buy right now. If it gets above, they say, 1850, it's uh, kind of neutral in the buy range. But this now it's a, a buy. Before, when it was below 1800, it was a screaming buy. Scream, scream. That's it for this segment. Let's move on to segment three. Segment three. This is my motivational segment. I'm going to give you a story about basketball. I personally love basketball. So let's talk about who was possibly the greatest basketball player of all time, and that's Michael Jordan. He uh, played in five NBA and championship games and won them. Uh, and he was coached by a, a, his coach's name was Phil Jackson, a player himself, but a great coach, a great coach. Uh, Phil Jackson was the motivator of the team. And how did he motivate the team? Every player on his team, on his Jackson's team, which means everybody playing with Michael Jordan, including Michael Jordan, understood that Phil Jackson really cared about them each individually. He cared about their success. He wanted them to have a good life. He wanted them to achieve their the most they could achieve. So how did he do this? He did it a lot of ways. But one of the ways that I'm telling you about today is he wrote a note sometimes and stuck it in the locker of a player before a game. So a player would go into his locker, open it up, and there's a note from the coach. Well, Michael Jackson reflects on the notes that he received from Phil Jackson. Some of them were just plain corny. Some of them were nice, friendly messages. And for Michael Jackson to say this, some of them were motivational. They actually got him going. So those notes, you know, Phil Jackson understood how, how to get to a person. So here's my recommendation for you today. Write a note to someone and put it, a motivational note. Tell them, you know, what you think about them, what, they, what they're doing great, etc. Motivate them. Motivate them. Appreciate them. And put it somewhere where they're going to find it. Surprise them. See what happens. Just try that once. On to segment number four. And on to segment four, a serious one. I'm going to talk about the Consumer Price Index, the CPI. Everybody uh, who was listening to the news knows that May came in at 5.4%. And that's a big, big wow. Remember last month, April came in at, uh, well, not May, June. I'm thinking June. June came in at 5.4%. May came in at 5%. Last month was 5%. This month is 5.4%. Even bigger. Big deal. A big deal. Yes. 
uh, pointing toward inflationary times if it continues. If it went to right down again next month, it would not be, it would just be a blip in the road, but it was, uh, that's what it is. But the White House, when talking about this, said it is a bump in the road, just a bump in the road. They think it's going to come back down again. In other words, they think that inflation is transitory or temporary, another word for the same thing. It'll come back down. But if prices stay up and continue up, this is a political disaster for the president uh, because inflation is never good for a sitting president and uh, we, the president will take the blame for the rising costs and rising everything okay? because uh, wages fall behind while wages, wages rise. They rise slower than the price of thing goods going up. So people are unhappy with inflation inflation definitely so uh, it's being downplayed politically but that's only political what's the truth what's the truth who knows who knows we'll be talking more about this in the next segment so uh, I did a calculation I've been projecting the CPI for the year in other words ending at the end of the year in December uh, 2021 what happens well if if we take all the existing CPI numbers that have happened this year and uh, project out and say that it stays the same, roughly 5, 5.4% for the rest of the year, you know, roughly. In other words, the month over month stays at about 0.6% on average for 12 months. That means that inflation for the year will be 7.2%, 7.2. That is my calculation. Nobody else has done this calculation. I have. If at the end of the year, inflation is 7.2%, that is huge. It is massive. It is way beyond anybody's expectation, and it's well beyond any politically accept number, and it's well beyond anything the Fed can stand. There will be such pressure on the Fed if that's the case. So that's uh, something to watch. I mean, it's uh, interesting to do those kind of projections. They don't hold a lot of credibility. I really like to use actual numbers and give you facts, but this is a projection. So with that, I'm going to stop segment four and move on to the next segment. And on to segment five. This is a thought-provoking segment. Again, it's all about inflation. Let's talk about that. Well, chairman of the Fed, Powell, was doing congressional testimony. And in that testimony, he was asked and talked about the 5.4% June CPI number that had just come out. And uh, he said that uh, this was going to be transitory, same as the White House. He's, this is his position and always has been his position. And it may continue for a while. If you remember, I projected that it will continue to the end of the year, in which case it comes in at 7.2%. He says it will continue for a while. It didn't say when. It will stop continuing. And if it does not come down, if it is not transitory, the Fed will change its course. Now, those are the magic words that everyone fears because changing its course only means one thing. It means bringing inflation down by raising interest rates. He didn't use those words, but that is the only tool in his toolbox. So, 
Isn't that interesting to hear him say they would have to change course? Well, we, that's obvious. We all know that. So in, is inflation temporary or is it not temporary? Well, the answer is it depends. It's, it's a true answer to that. This year, inflation is up. We know that. We were following the numbers. But will prices come back down in 2022? Will they come back down? And they went up this year. Will they come back down next year? Ask yourself, is that realistic to consider that they'll come back down? If they do come back down, that's what the definition of transitory or temporary. That's what Powell means. That's what the president's office means when he taught, they say use those terms. So some prices may indeed come back down, and some prices may not come down, may not can't come down. They may just stay the same up at the higher level. Some prices may continue to go up. That's what's going to happen next year. That's easy to say because that happens every year. The question is how much of the goods will go up and what go down. Uh, so it depends. It depends on the goods that we're talking about. Today we're in a wage inflation environment because uh, demand for employees is up and therefore pay for demand for employees is up. There's more jobs than people looking for jobs, which is crazy, but true. Uh, and people are job shopping. People with jobs are looking for better paying jobs. That's an increase in pay, too. And today, we're also in a price inflation. I've said we, we were in a wage inflation. We're also in a price inflation environment where things like food and autos and gasoline, etc., etc., are going up in price. So the prices of things are going up. Well, if we're a transitory, what would cause the prices of things to come down? And the answer is a uh, compet competition does in the uh, uh, capitalistic marketing system. Competition causes prices to come down, okay, or at least stay the same. Or a crisis will cause prices to come down, which uh, a crisis, which means people must sell goods and because they're in a crisis. So selling goods at lower prices causes the prices to come down. That's a crisis. Competition or crisis causes prices to come down. Now, nobody's going to volunteer to lower their prices. You can just kind of, I mean, put yourself in that position. You're selling something for 10% more now than you were last year. Are you going to lower it back down? No, you're not. You're not. You're used to this new income level. So you're not about to lower it voluntarily. It would take competition or something to do that. So... I think that the higher prices that we have will continue to stay high. They may not increase, but I don't think they're going to come back down. I think they'll. this is like a step function up. If you remember, last week I was giving you the case for deflation. That's the opposite of inflation. And uh, so where's the truth? You know, this week I'm saying, hey, here's what's happening inflationary, and all the indicators are inflation, inflation, inflation. So where's the truth? What is What does the future hold? And that is the major economic decision that we all must make ourselves. Is it going to be deflationary or inflationary? If you look at the 10-year bond, the interest rates going down, that is a deflationary indicator. If you look at the stock market prices, which are at peak values right now, if the stock market has a major correction. In other words, those stock prices come down. That is deflationary. 
that's also deflationary. However, if the prices stay where they are and go a little higher, that's inflationary. That's inflationary. And that's very possible. We are at a, a kind of a critical juncture right now and will be for the next many months, many months. Um, anything can change to tomorrow, but anything may not change for months and months and months. But I can assure you some, the current condition will not stay where it is forever. So what do you do as an individual? What do I do as an individual? And that is the answer to that is be prepared for anything. And the anything is deflation or inflation. What is deflation? That means you love to hold money and you do not own many things because the value of the things start to fall. And inflation is you don't hold any money because it's going to depreciate. And you do own things because they will appreciate. So it's just the opposite. Do you hold money or not hold money? Do you own things or not own things? That's the simple, direct approach to inflation versus deflation. So be prepared for anything. Be prepared to move. And be prepared to act quickly. Because if something major happens, like a market crash, be, be aware right now that's deflationary. And be prepared to act accordingly. Be able to take advantage of it if you can. And that's my advice for the fifth segment. And on to the sixth one. And on to the sixth segment are six precursors for a market crash. Let's just review them. The first one is the 10-year Treasury bond, 1.3%. This is the lowest percentage I've had since we started following this week after week. We started in March. It was 1.6% there. Now it's 1.3%. This is probably one of the lowest numbers of the year, if not the lowest number. This is definitely a deflationary number. What I'm looking for is an inflationary number, a much higher number. It's going the opposite direction from uh, an indication of a market crash. Uh, interesting, interesting. It's a different kind of precursor. If it falls a lot, it's a different kind of precursor. If it rises a lot, it's a it is definitely a precursor to the market crash. Crazy. This is crazy, but we watch all these indicators. Is they're important? How about the next second one? The high yield junk bond. What's happening there? I look at the value of junk bonds and I'm following each one of those values. At uh, When I started following, the value was 9.01. It's always been greater than 9. It keeps going up. Last week was 9.13. This week it's 9.10. It fell 0.03. That, that is the biggest fall I've ever seen. Again, it's out of the ordinary. It got my attention. Why did it fall so much in one week? Uh, that I mean, it fell so much because a lot of people were selling junk bonds. That's the reason. That's what happened. Uh, so this one is triggering my uh, let's watch this one closer button. I'm going to watch this daily now and see what happens. Uh, is if this starts falling off, then it's the definite indicator. I, most that's in a reliable indicator of a market crash. So it's starting to fall. It's not an indicator yet. It has to fall a lot more. But if it fell below 9, I'd, boy, all of a sudden my yellow light goes on. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what's happening. Now, the third indicator is the value of the U.S. dollar, which is strong and has continued to be strong and has continued to go sideways the entire time we're watching it. What we're looking for here is a falling dollar, which would be inflationary. 
which would cause a definite market crash. It has not happened yet. It's, uh, it's just going sideways, sideways, sideways. Fourth indicator is the consumer price index, which is booming now 5.4%. Why are we watching this? Because it could cause the Fed to change course. And the Fed has acknowledged that if it continues to stay high, it will change course. And that means they will raise interest rates and that will cause a market crash. It has historically in the past. It will again. Watch that one. Uh, high, high inflation. So big flag going here. Big flag going. The fifth indicator is the Fed policy itself. Have they changed policy? Well, not much. A little bit. And the Fed chairman, Powell, in his testimony said that, hey, if, if this stays higher and it is not transitory, before it was definitely going to be transitory. Definitely, definitely. Don't just believe me because I'm the world's ruler and uh, it's going to be. Anyway, he's saying if it's not transit, if it continues to go along long enough, whatever that means, then we will act. That's all he said. But that was enough. For, to know it was a slight change in his tone. Also, the other members of his committee are worried about inflation. That's come out quite publicly now. And the sixth and last is a bluebird, something that happens around the world that could cause a market crash. It has to be truly significant. Uh, I said last week that Cuba was not one of those things. Uh, Cuba is continuing. And uh, Cuba could become one of those things. So watch the story on Cuba. Does anyone out there know of any bluebirds going on in the world that uh, could be startlingly uh, rattle the world to the point where it could cause a market crash? Send them in. I'd love to hear. This is The Economy Guy signing off. Wishing you all a great week. Watch what's going on. Watch for inflation and deflation. It's kind of happening. Be talking to you. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market, and I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.